Welcome to the Como Factor podcast, where we dive into stories of personal and professional transformation. Today, we're delighted to welcome our special guest, Patrick Banowski. And we promise you, you'll be in awe of all this man has accomplished and how he has transformed both his personal and professional life to create a life of purpose, meaning, and impact. Patrick has an impressive professional background in that he's the former head of strategy, change management, and R&D of Roth Eisen Bank. He also managed the innovation team there that worked with the ideas that shaped the banking industry in the future. Since that wasn't challenging enough for Patrick, he's also recently embarked on an entrepreneurial journey and launched his own company called Unilanu. It is truly innovative, and we can't wait to hear more about it today. And as if this isn't intriguing enough, Patrick also has a beautiful family that includes his lovely wife, four daughters, and his dog. In his spare time, his passion is ultra train running and competing in triathlons. Joining us from Prague today, all the way in the Czech, welcome, Patrick. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners, wherever they may be. This is so exciting to sit down with you, Patrick. So maybe if you wouldn't mind just giving our listeners a glimpse of who Patrick really is outside of the introduction that I just provided to you. Could you maybe just give us a glimpse into Patrick? Yeah, uh, well, you. I think you described it pretty good. First thing first, I am a father and a husband, yeah, uh, because I really... Uh, try to spend more time with my family. Uh, Then I am a passionate athlete because uh, part of my leisure time I try to spend to uh, or dedicate to triathlon and ultra trail running. So most of the time you are going to find me in a mountain range running or cycling. And then I am a guy that always try to uh, find the limits of my mind and body. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe this is going to, uh, sound weird that I'm always trying to find the limits, but this is how I tries to, uh, or try to motivate me. Uh, when, when I, when I have a difficult tasks, yeah, that's why I am doing triathlon. That's why I have four daughters. That's, that's why I am, uh, working for a, a corporate and that's why I'm starting uh, my own business right now. As soon as I find that there is a difficult task in front of me, I'm going for it. Yeah. And so far, maybe sound nothing special, but for me, finding a difficult task is like a, a constant process. As soon as I successfully finish something, it is like an instant moment, like in the blink of an eye, I'm going to ask myself, okay, what's going to be next? And basically this goes through uh, my whole life. Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing because my mind is focused on the, on the challenges constantly. That is so intriguing and interesting. You know, most people would say when they're faced with challenges and difficulties, they often want to just pause and and step back. (laughs) And you, my friend are, are absolutely reverse in in the way that you think. And I don't think I've heard that many people um, really talk about, you know, challenges in that way where it's more of a motivation and you're truly trying to to find your your limits. Um, Very, very interesting. Have you always, have you always had that way of thinking, Patrick, or is this something that that you've recently, you know, discovered about yourself? I, I think that I always, I always had that. Because even even when I was young, I always try to achieve a little bit more, achieve a little bit bigger goals. Yeah. So I, I always think like this. Because if you if you consider um, the thing that I I was working for a bank, I was doing the the sport that requires like a fifteen hours of training per week. Then I have a four daughters and a wife and a dog. And at that time, I decided to do the MBA. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, <laughs> most of most of the people think that I'm crazy, uh, but for me, it is the way how I'm working. 
basically, because I'm, I'm really scared of uh, boring things and easy things. As soon as I'm starting to do the easy task, um, I lose my, I, I lose my motivation and then it is, for me, it is a tragedy at that point because I start to, I, I start to think that it's boring and, and not worth to, uh, to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Just fascinating. And we forgot to mention, by the way, while Patrick was busy, you know, managing his family and uh, his career and all and, and the triathlons, you also recently finished your global executive MBA, right? Yeah, yeah, t- together with you. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. And I'm telling you, I've, I've always been in awe of just, just your energy and all that you're, you know, juggling at any given moment. So Patrick, you know, one of the questions we love to ask our listeners is, you know, just understanding um, some of your life goals at this point. Um, could you maybe share what those look like uh, with our listeners? Life goals. I, I would not say that I have a, any particular life goal because um, I, I need to be honest, when I prepared like a personal development strategy for myself, every single time I tried to do that, it took like a couple of months and I realized that it is not up to date anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to change it completely. It is not about the small adjustment, but really a huge change. Yeah? I'm, giving, I'm, I'm going to give you two examples. Uh, the first time I did personal development plan was when I was 27. At that time, I was a, a leader of an analytical team in a bank. Uh, I was a part of the big project when we merger uh, two banks together. And my a personal coach, he just basically made me to do that. Yeah. So um, in that plan, we had the goals, personal goals. Uh, we had an action plan, what I want to, uh, basically what I want to achieve and how I'm going to achieve it. Yeah. So I wrote their positions like a CFO, leader of m team and so on. And part of the development plan was the finishing of the CFA, CFA degree, which uh, just for your imagination, it is a financial analyst degree. And you need to be really in the deepest level of the finance uh, to to achieve that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, I start to doing the CFA, and it took like three months, three to four months. And after that, I got an offer for a totally different position to be head of strategy and change management. And it was like a huge shift because from the hard skill finance guy, I need to change to a head of strategy and change management, which is a uh, a position more about the politics and the soft skills because basically you are you are managing the people or you try to interact with people and with their resistances so for me at that time it was a dramatic change so the whole personal development plan was useless at the time and i need to build it again and the last time i did the personal development plan was during the mba studies i mm-hmm. think it was our first module or second i don't know but we built a personal development plan. I was pretty skeptical about it because, because of my past experiences. But I really think this through and spend a couple of hours to, to finish it. Yeah. So I, I just focus on it and I did it. And I, I wrote there that I want to uh, change a position inside of the bank and what I supposed to do in the bank to do that. Da-da-da, a couple of months later, and I'm leaving the bank and starting my own business. It is again totally different uh, situation than it was written there. So if I if I need to summarize it about the the life goals, I would say that so far, and I'm going to be totally high level. My only life goal is to be happy and to be proud of myself at a certain period of time. Yeah. So basically, I'm trying to find something what makes me happy. And what makes me proud right now, I know that I am happy when I have a sufficient space for self-realization and when uh, my nuclear nuclear family is happy. That's basically what makes me happy. And, and by the way, it's not that easy because most of the time uh, 
fam uh, family happiness and self-realizations um, goes against each other. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is. It is a, like optimization of these two two things. So I love that. I, I would say that my goal is to be happy. That's great. And I mean, you know, happiness comes in, in many shapes, sizes and forms. Right. And I think it's it's very difficult. Those that really aspire to to live a happy life and, and you know, get that self-realization. So was this something that, again, you know, you, you talked about using the, the personal development exercises um, to realize, you know, maybe some of the, the professional aspects. But ultimately, you know, when when was that light bulb moment where where you realized you know in order to to truly make it a meaningful life for you it's about these two things when when was that that moment where you had that clarity about you know what you wanted yeah. your life to look like yeah uh, i would say that for me it was try and error because i really need to try a lot of things um, just to find out whether it makes me happy or not. But w when I see my daughters to grow, when I see my daughter to be very successful in a dancing or in a, in a running, it really makes me happy when I, when I saw that. So I, then at that point I realized, okay, this is something that I want to feel more often. There was a certain task where I finished and I, and I feel that the whole route to the success was just the pain. So at the end of the day, I just decided, okay, I do not want to do that again. And there was a certain task where I feel, yeah, this was great. The whole atmosphere in the team was great. The motivation of the team was great. So I, I would like to have it more often. So for me, it is only try and error. So Patrick, we've covered so many amazing aspects so far of, of your, your life. If, if your life story were to be published in a book, what would that book title be? And what would that book cover say? Mm, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, I would say finding my own limits would be a great title for the book. And if, if I supposed to write some kind of a book, I would wrote about this, about the, about the sport. About and, the and sport, finding, yeah. Finding the limits my, of, my, of my body and mind, because during the, during the race, it is pretty funny how the body and your mind reacted on a, on a critical mo in a critical moments. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that in terms of, you know, finding harmony with, with the body and the mind? Basically, it is all about that when you are deciding to go for a, a running event that is, I don't know, 100 kilometers yeah, in, in the mountains. And it took, took you like uh, 15 hours or 20 hours to finish that. Um, during that whole race, you are in up and downs all the time. Either your body starts hurting or your mind is not working or your stomach is not working and you need to fight with that. So mm -hmm. it, is, it is all about to find the balance when you are able to continue racing, you are able to persuade yourself that, you, that your goal is important enough to continue and uh, it makes sense to, to see the finish line. Yeah. And, and this parallel, I, I always see in, in a business because when you are, um, doing business or starting business, it is a long-term marathon always. So <laughs> I, 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 I see it as a parallel because I, I do not believe in the, in the, in the short-term successes in, in this, uh, in, in a business or in a, in a, in a, in a running or triathlon races. Indeed. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long journey. Um, it, it sure is. And I, I feel like a lot of, you know, what you're describing is also having your mindset kick in, right. When you're, when you're really trying to just continue on, um, can you speak a little bit about, you know, how you've really cultivated your mindset, um, to be able to, to kick in a gear almost in this way? Um, well, first thing first, I need to have a task that motivates me. That's that's what I what I mentioned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then 
I am pretty lucky that I am, um, I, I am able to attract the people with a similar mindset that are, I, I would say they are purpose driven because as soon as I see purpose in something, I am able to motivate others or just to transform that motivation to others. And as soon as I, when I, when I am in the team of the similar people with the purpose driven mindset, uh, we are able to move the mountains and and this is this is something what's really given me the momentum to continue and I, and i uh saw that uh, right now when, I, when i'm starting uh, the new business yeah i'm surrounded by the people that believe in the same thing as i do we have the same goal that we want to achieve and everything goes like like it like very easy it is pretty easy and the whole ownership the whole motivation the, the the mindset is there basically and and the funny thing is that if you compare it with the this mindset of the small company and the people that are purpose driven to a corporation in a corporate uh, I, i would say this is not comparable actually because it's totally different world And and this is something that really kicks me uh, into do uh, my own business because when we started, it was not the business; it was just the idea that we start to create. Mm-hmm. But the whole atmosphere behind the whole enthusiasm, uh, the engagement, uh, it just brings you to to a group, and 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 we started doing that. It's great. So find that motivation, make sure it's purpose driven and surround yourself with with a community of like minded people that can really help to to champion that that cause. Um, I think that's that's great advice. Are there any other tools that you would recommend for our listeners that, you know, are really trying to go after a lofty kind of transformation? Because I hear often, you know, um, colleagues that have have, uh, or friends that have, you know, dabbled in running on and off, whether it's through high school or in their college years or just as a hobby. And, you know, I, I think of a couple of good friends of mine that have, um, you know, set out to run the New York city marathon, for example, are there, are there tools that you, any other tools that you would offer our listeners that when they think of just a lofty goal and, you know, they're, they're at, at, at ground base or, or close to it and want to achieve this, this radical transformation or goal. Um, are there any other tools that you would would recommend uh, for somebody to, to help navigate that kind of audacious um, goal or transformation? Yeah, I, I always use one, visualize everything. When, I, when I'm running, I'm visualizing the finish line and just really tries to, I, I try to visualize the, the audience there, that the finish line, that the moment when I'm crossing that finish line, that feeling what I'm feeling there, uh, in, in a business, I'm just visualizing that the party after that. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is, this is my tool. Basically I try to visualize everything and I'm visualizing that, that happy moments that, that is after that, because during the, during the whole route, it, it is, There are, there are many difficult moments and you need to get through that difficult moment somehow. And for me, the visualizing is the key. Mm. Mm. How long have you been doing that, Patrick? Because I think, again, that's another kind of, I don't want to call it a habit, but uh, it's, it's a mindset in a way too, right? Of, of really being able to get yourself in that, that state of mind. And I love that because obviously a, a triathlon is not like a walk in the park. You, you really have to have stamina. You've got to have a strategy. You have to be able to execute. You've got to have discipline to, to get yourself there. But visualizing that end goal, um, I think is, is definitely, um, motivational. Is that something that you had to to work on or, um, how long have you been successfully doing that? Actually, this was the advice, uh, from my coach, which most of the time he's not my coach, but the more, more he's, uh, my psychologist, (laughs) (laughs) this this was one of, one of his advice and it's, it, it works, it really works because you are not only visualizing when you are uh, racing, 
but you need to visualize the end when you are training for that race. And that's even sometimes it is even more difficult because you need to just constantly uh, reminding to yourself why you are doing that. Why are you deciding to do some kind of this challenge? So maybe before we turn it over to Christine to to dive more into your professional transformation, um, you've got a lot of unique qualities, I would say, that that really kind of stand out um, just from our conversation thus far. How did you discover, you know, what was what was one of a kind about yourself? Well, I, <laughs> that's a really tough one. <laughs> um, I would say this is, this is the, probably the most difficult question because I think that I am not one of a kind or, or unique. Yeah, there are 8 billion people on the planet. By the way, I, I think it was yesterday or day after yes, this, yesterday where uh, it was 8 billion people on the planet. Um, there are people that are much better in the hard skills. There are people that are much, much, much better in the soft skills. There are way better leaders. There are people that are willing to sacrifice more than I do. So I would be very cautious to say that I'm unique. But if you ask me about the uh, advantage that I have, I, I would say that reach in those areas uh, that I mentioned. I, I'm never going to be top. I know that. But, uh, but what I know is uh, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. I'm going to be good at it. And maybe that's the, that's the uniqueness. Maybe that's, yeah. that's that I am able to be best in the various areas. This can give me um, the broader perspective and I am able to connect the dots better. I, I would say that this and together with my curious, because I, I'm very curious, I'm always want to know how things work. I always want to know about the new trends and this together, uh, uh, well, my universality together with my curiosity, I would say that this is one of my advantages. Indeed. And I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I would say there's, there's one third one. Um, today is a very, very special day in, in, um, in the check. Do you want to share with our listeners what that is? Because you're one of probably not that many that, uh, that gets to celebrate that, right? Yeah. yeah. T- today we have a national holiday in Czech Republic and in Slovakia. It is a national holiday, Velvet Revolution, uh, the fall of the communism in in these two uh, republics. So, yeah, we have a very, very good to celebrate today. <laughs> You've been listening to the Como Factor podcast a show featuring personal and professional transformation stories hosted by transformation practitioners and co-founders of the Como Group, Christine Strobush and Sonal Trevetti. If you like our show, please give us a rating and a review and be sure to share our podcast with your friends, colleagues, or family. If you'd like to follow along online, join our community on LinkedIn and bookmark our website, thecomofactor.com to receive show updates and inspirational content daily. I've really enjoyed uh, listening and, and learning a bit more about who you are and more on the on the personal side. And I'll just say, I think you're one of a kind. I don't know anybody else who does triathlons, who has climbed the ranks in banking as quickly as you have and now making a pivot to be an entrepreneur while also being a father to four daughters and completing a global executive MBA. So you have like, you do so many different things. And I I think you articulated it extremely well, you know, about finding your own limits and you just have this internal drive um, so my own two cents, I know I don't know you as well as Sonal, but, uh, that definitely sounds one of a kind, uh, to me. 
thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So, so I'm excited to, uh, to, to have a conversation with you about your, uh, your professional transformation. It's, it's very clear. I mean, we've heard some, some glimpses there. It sounds like you started off, um, on the more on the finance side and then made this big pivot over to strategy and uh, and change management, which that's that's a big change. Is there is there any more? I mean, I want to spend more time on the entrepreneurial um, path, but I, I think this is a this is a big um, internal career progression that you made. Could you share just maybe a little bit more about how that came about? It, I, I would say it was just a coincidence because at some point our CEO just decided, okay. I, I need to have a position of the head of strategy uh, in his area. And he's tried to deciding who is going to do that. And at that time, I just, I, I prepared the financial strategy for the bank. So mm-hmm. I was one of the candidates, I would say naturally. Uh, and the whole area of the strategy was also covered with the, with the change management, which was, uh, totally new area in, in, in the bank at that time. Basically, he just told me, do you want also this kind of a role? And I would say, okay, that's totally nuts. I, it is just a soft skill. I never did something like that before or haven't done something like that before. But it was that moment. It is, it is totally nuts. Okay, so let's try it. Let's, let's do a couple of uh, trainings in a change management and let's see whether I am able to, to integrate the change management inside of the bank. And uh-huh. in a couple of years, yeah, we have a change management in our bank and it is integrated. Currently, I, I am not the change manager uh, because it was a part of a uh, decision making uh, what we are doing because we basically when we are doing right now the activities it goes agile way which is naturally covering the change management topics or uh, it is just the project and the project use the methodology of the change management gotcha so, so so basically this is the 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 pivot and in in that area it was just i would say lucky lucky things together. So, so our, our listeners here, I'm sure maybe, maybe sitting on the edge of their seat here, because if they're working in a large organization, and I think we all know, you know, your career doesn't always progress exactly as you planned when you walk through the doors on day one, you know, you've got to, you've got to be open to stepping into the unknown a little bit. And what I hear is that you said, yes, to something that um, you're like, well, maybe it's a little crazy, but you said yes. And maybe other people might've said no. So what I see is your CEO saw something in you clearly, you know, your, your strategic mind and the fact that you, you drive, and I'm sure you produce excellent deliverables. They saw that in you and said, you know what, we have a need over here. I bet Patrick could do that. So you said yes. And then you went and basically what I hear is you mastered a brand new uh, domain. And um, and that's critical. Change management. I mean, Sonal and I are very passionate about this. And so many times, you know, companies try to implement a transformation program or some kind of, you know, large change program. And they don't think about the human element of adopting that change. So it's critical. And I think excellent experience for you. So kudos to you on that. Yeah, thanks. But basically, my work at the time was to uh, find where are the departments that they need help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because there there was a certain department that was they are doing it naturally. They they have no idea that they're using the change management tools, but they are doing that. Yeah, and for me, it was just to prepare for them so called checklist. These are the tools that you are using. Just make sure that you are not omit one of them or two of them. Yeah. And there was a certain department where I just find out that uh, they are not that skillful or they do not have that many tools of the change management in their management uh, package. So I'm just starting to discussing with them and help them with the change facilitators. Yeah. Right. And, and this, was the, this was the way how we are trying to implement it in a bank. So not the pushy way, but to, to help them uh, fulfilling the the goals and the targets what they have. 
just that sounds like the right uh, the right approach. And really, what you're doing is you're raising the organizational capability to do change management. And you know, some leaders are maybe more natural or better at it than others. And so you went and helped those that needed help. I think that's a I think that's a great strategy. So, um, okay. So you've spent, uh, nearly 10 years in banking. And then, um, what I've understood is you had this idea. You seem like you've got a very creative, innovative mind. You had this idea that has now turned into something bigger. Could you share with us a little bit about what that idea was or is, I should say. Lays on my table for seven years. And I, and I just dropped them uh, one year ago, and it was to create a platform where uh, you are able to find like-minded people that are sharing the same interest as you do. Yeah. So uh, basically, we are creating the market when you are able to share the activity, like you are able to go to the theater or to play tennis, whatever, and you are searching for like-minded people. So this was the first idea. And the second idea is to create a platform for uh, communities uh, that helps them with their management. So they are going to have the whole communication, whole activities, polls, etc., in one place. So these two pillars, we just put together into one mobile app. And right now we are basically creating the... Um, the groups or the communities inside of the companies. So the employees inside of the companies are able to interact with, it, with, with each other pretty easily. And they are building the new communities inside of the corporates. So for example, we have a, a community of the yoga classes inside of the bank and they are doing yoga uh, once a week. And so, but they are interacting each other uh, uh, easily more easily and more often which basically creates a better company culture uh helps uh, employees with onboarding so they are really part of the part of the team and it also works in a society because basically we are doing this idea with the purpose to fight against the loneliness which is a real deal uh, nowadays in society a lot of people just saying that they are feeling lonely uh, and we need to, uh, we want to tackle this. We want to fight, fight against the loneliness. So improve the integration of the minorities into uh, society and so on. So this, this is basically what we want to do. And right now we are in a situation where we uh, have app in, a, in a stores. It is nowadays works only for the Europe, sorry for that. Uh, and we try to roll it out to, uh, to more companies and NGOs. So Patrick, um, so this is interesting and I, I love, I think you've got a very purpose driven statement here that says, you know, we're going to fight against loneliness. That is, that is powerful. You know, and if we look at the world over the last couple of years, people were isolated and connected only virtually. And I see in my circles, people crave that human connection. And what I hear you are going after is enabling people to connect. Yeah, basically there was, this was the idea. And, and we had a several research about the loneliness before the COVID. And mm. it was the huge topic even before the COVID because uh, like 60% of the population just mentioned that they feel lonely from time to time. And the most impacted age group was uh, from 16 to 24, which is really amazing for me that it is the youngsters that have a problem with the, with the loneliness. And then uh, at the second position was the age group of 34 to 44. So basically the professionals that are working in a, companies, entrepreneurs, and so on, because they are working so much. They are spending a lot of time in the companies and they do not have a time for their leisure. So uh, this is, we just want to build a tool that makes um, them more easy, easy, more easy way to interact with the colleagues and help them to communicate and to schedule the I don't know, evenings, beer or, or a tennis or, or 
hockey, whatever. So some kind of an activities. So this was the idea behind. And the whole idea just pops to my mind when I was uh, studying the MBA, when I was sitting in Vienna and I would like to run with someone, but I was only a runner there. So I need to go to run to the park and search for a group of the runners to join them. And if I'm going to have some kind of an app where I see that there is a running event, I would really enjoy or I, I would I would be really happy to to join them at that moment. Wow. Okay. So I, I really love this. And um, just for uh, for clarity, just so I understand, it sounds like part of your model is uh, deploying this app for businesses that helps, right. like within the within the employee community fostering uh, deeper relationships for people based on, you know, the types of activities that they like to do, you know, their, their preferences and so on. So within a business, is that, is that correct? And then you've also got the broader society. That's correct. That's correct. We have a two, two legs, one for the business, one for the society. Okay. I think this is a fantastic business model. And, and I think it's probably, my guess is it's probably not too hard to sell um, to businesses because everybody's looking for how can we drive more employee engagement? And often, as we know, having worked in the corporate world, you know, you'll build professional relationships based on the people that you collaborate with and work. And the longer you're there, you you have more of those kinds of relationships. But what you're doing is you're diving deeper into more of the personal side and building these uh, or enabling um, these connections. And so that ultimately, I would expect that would make the company stronger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also one thing that we find out is as soon as the employees are interacting each other uh, and going for, I don't know, running in the morning, they are working from the office. So they are not working remotely. And this is also the way how to uh, return the employees to the offices, which a lot of companies would like to do. This is a brilliant strategy. And and, and it's no wonder that uh, that you were placed in a, in a strategy position um, in your, uh, in your banking world. So I, I, I think this is exciting. So are you, are you deploying this out more like country by country or region by region? What's your, what's your plan for, uh, for deploying this app out? Right now we are starting in Czech Republic. It's going to took us like a half a year to, to stabilize the, the solution and to, uh, acquire, um, six to seven companies from the first uh, half of the year, next year. And then we are starting to roll it out, uh, across the Europe where uh, the, the specific focus should be on Austria and Slovakia and then, uh, on Germany. Uh, but everyone around the Europe is able to download the app even nowadays. Uh, so we are basically, we are in every country right now. But um, the selling stuff to a company, we are doing, uh, I would say, per partis. So we're starting in the Czech Republic and then moving to a different different countries around the Europe. Okay. That makes sense. So I'm going to ask you a question. You said we're in every country. Does that include the United States? You are able to download it. You are able to really? use it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we do not have the maps that covers U.S. So it is... Gotcha. It is not useful for you because one of the key feature of the app is that you are going to mark in an app. Okay, we are going to meet here. Yeah, so you are not able to do that. Uh, we have in a in a, in our pipeline to to cover the maps for the whole world, but it's not going to be uh, sooner than next year. And I can say that I've I've downloaded the app and um, I plan on using it um, during my travels to Europe. As you know, I go there quite regularly and we can't wait to have it here in the U.S. soon as well, Patrick. Oh, that's that's great to hear. <laughs> this is this is exciting. So, uh, you know, your your moderate goals just say I'm I'm only going to have the, the whole world covered in the next year. So I'm I'm sort of being joking here, but. Um, no, I think this is this is fantastic, and we would love to uh, you know support uh, support you with uh, with this. And you hear Sonal's already uh, already using it. So 
there's a spec. I think there's a story here behind the name, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Unalano. Unalano. Yeah. Unalano. Could you share with us uh, what's the, what's the meaning behind this? What's the story? Yeah, the first thing first, it is pretty difficult to find a name for an app nowadays, because if you want to have a name, it needs to be unique. So there is there shouldn't be any kind of a different app in an app store or a Google Play with that same same name if you want to be unique. So that's, this was the first burden that we need to <clears throat> tackle. Um, and then we had the discussion, okay, we want to tackle uh, loneliness. So we created the word unalone and unalone is pretty long. So we cut it to anal and we made from that the palingram. So it is, uh, you are able to read it from the both side the same way. So that's why, because unalano, because you are able to read it from the front to back and back to front the same way. So this is the first kind of a story. And the second kind of a story is that uh, if you see the name, it is una and una from the both side, and una means uh, the individual. And there's a huge L between them, so it is kind of a wall that we want to uh, we want to crack. So connect these two individuals together. That is so deep. I that's clever. How long how long did you guys spend finding that or was it one of those just light bulb moments as you were uh, as you were brainstorming it just came to you? No, it took like a 7 months. Like okay. really. <laughs> yeah, we, we, this- get the, we get through the like a six names, six different names and out of the sudden I remember that I'm showering and it just pops to my head the okay, let's try this one. Oh my gosh. You know, as you were, as you were describing that, I could, I could see one day, even that could be the name of a book as well, telling the story here, because Patrick, I mean, what I see here is someone in, you're in a career, you're in finance, you get this opportunity, would you like to take over strategy and change management? You could have said no, but you said yes. And then over time, you ended up with some R&D responsibilities as well. And to me, Unalano, I'm not saying this right. Unalanu, Unalanu yeah. is is the is the brainchild from that because you've got strategy. I mean, clearly you've done your market research. You've got a brilliant strategy. You've named it incredibly well. But behind that, we we don't, we don't even have enough time. We'd have to do a part two episode. But I get it. There's a whole bunch of R and D and product development work behind the scenes that you're having to do to bring this to market. And you've done all that. You've managed all of that as well. When you are saying it, it it sounds like a big task for me, just the day to day work. But but yeah, maybe maybe from uh, some kind of a retrospective, I'm going to see that, okay, this was a huge success, but we are not there yet. So yeah, uh, yeah I would like to be more conservative in a, in a, in a statement, but thanks. Thanks for the uh, summary. Yeah. It, it sounds, it sounds awesome. <laughs> it, it is awesome. This is, this is exciting. And we're, we're getting the opportunity to speak with you when maybe you're early on that journey. And if we use the example of your race running a hundred K, which is blows my mind um, for you doing that. Maybe what, what marker would you say you are, where do you think you are in, in this race? If we used uh, Unalanu as, as your, uh, if that's the race. Uh, basically right now we, we have an app that is, I would say 80% ready uh, for the users. Uh, we would like to finish it by the end of this year. So it's going to be fully functioning for the user uh, and start to rolling it out to uh, companies. Uh, then we have like a six months uh, testing period when we are going to uh, acquire users and acquire companies. And in the mid of the next year, uh, we are going to decide whether we want to scale it more uh, faster and find the investors, or we just going to continue with the uh, with the let's say slower development that we are doing. I gotcha. Okay. That's uh, I think that's, that's, that's fantastic. I think any of our listeners who have a, a dream 
in their mind or this, this whisper that just will not stop. And you're thinking, Oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. Take some inspiration from what Patrick's doing. He's, he's in the middle of doing this, but I have no doubt from a man who says he's going to push his limits. You're going to be successful. I, I can see it so clearly. I know Sonal can see it and you're surrounding yourself with, with a great team. So I wonder, Patrick, you had mentioned in the first part of the interview that uh, leadership in a corporate environment versus leadership in a small business entrepreneurial setting is different. Could you maybe expand on that a little bit and share just a little bit more about what that has been like for you going from corporate now to entrepreneur? Yeah, I would say that the major difference is, of course, that in a corporate, there is a, always a department that uh, covers some kind of a topic. So you're able to delegate it to them. In a small company, you need to do it by your own. Or if you are not going to do that, it's not going to happen. Yeah, so this is the, I would say, the major difference. Uh, but there are a lot of positives because there are not that many politics behind. There are uh, many people that wants to help you. You are able to work with the people that you choose. So uh, I'm not working that long for the startup, but so far I am able to tell that that's a great journey. That's a great journey and I'm not, no regrets, no regrets. And I want to continue with it. Yeah, I, I would say Sonal and I agree with you with, you know, we've made this, uh, this uh, transformation ourselves from corporate world to entrepreneurial. We're now in, you know, year three of our business. And there's a, there's a tremendous amount of freedom that goes along, um, along with that. But I, I do agree with, uh, with some of the comments that you, that you've said there. So I, I see a one of a kind uh, product. Uh, I think you'll, I, I can't wait to hear more. We'll have to, we'll have to bring you back as you are, are further along on this journey to share some of the, uh, some of the successes. Um, you know, looking at the the first part of the conversation, um, and Sonal, you and Sonal talked about this around the the mindset, and I see a very strong and disciplined uh, mindset in you throughout this entrepreneurial journey. Have you ever doubted yourself? Always. Okay. Even and, now. and what do you what do you <laughs> what do you do? What what tools do you use, or how do you? How do you basically overcome that doubt? Most probably I do not have a tool for that. I just try to persuade myself that it makes it makes sense for me. So it's supposed to be successful. Come on, if I'm going to use it, there's going to be another person on the world that find it useful. So maybe this is the, this is the mind that I have uh, right now, but I am... I'm in doubt every single moment. And, and that's, that's something, by the way, that really scares me and motivates me because I want to prove myself that I'm able to do it. I absolutely believe that you are. And thank you for, for sharing that because I think all of us as entrepreneurs and, and leaders in the end, we, we do have some doubt. But if we use that and harness that to drive us and keep believing. And I, I hear you are, you are representative of your target audience. And, uh, and I, I think this will be, um, will be successful. I'd like to ask you, Patrick, if you think back to yourself, let's say 10 years ago, and if you could write a postcard or send a message to yourself from 10 years ago, what would it say? When I mentioned that I would like to be proud of myself, I mean it like this retrospectively, like a retrospective. Yeah. So when I look 10 years ago and I see the moves and action of a 24 year old Patrick did at that time, um, I would like to be proud. So if I'm just going to take a look 10 years ago, uh, at the time I started working for a Raiffeisen. I worked there as a student. I was in the last year of the studies on a university and I already had my wife and, and I had three daughters. So I can imagine that this combination could scare even the strongest and calmest guy on the planet. 
<laughs> so I, I would definitely write 24-year-old Patrick that no worries, everything is going to be fine and I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, I love because that. Those words mean so much, right? I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because uh, I, I need to say that I'm happy where I am right now. I, I would not change. So um, the steps that I take for the last 10 years was fine. So maybe I just encourage him to be more, uh, to try new things more. But I would say that no worries. Everything is going to be okay. Hmm. And it is. And look at you. And look at you now. So uh, fantastic. Patrick, so so for our listeners, you've you've heard an incredible story about Patrick. I think you've got you've got some insight into him as a as a person that I think there are elements there that we could all relate to. And then you look at the professional side. So one of the key takeaways for me here is if opportunities present themselves. Okay. And I like to say luck is when preparation and opportunity meet. So you may think something's just lucky, but if you were not prepared, you would not be able to seize on that opportunity. So when those opportunities come, just say yes, and you'll be amazed at what can happen. So Patrick, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. You definitely have the Como factor. So keep letting it shine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it was a pleasure. Are you so consumed with firefighting in your business that you don't have time to work strategically on your business? You need a strategy to transform. You need a plan so that you can proactively execute. And you need a change plan to drive adoption with your people. When organizations introduce a new strategy or change initiative without effective change management or project management discipline, they are much less likely to realize the expected results and outcomes. Christine and Sonal, along with their dynamic boutique consulting team at the Como Group, provide organizational transformation consulting that focuses on bringing innovative ideas, end-to-end strategies, simple yet powerful tools, and execution excellence to you and your organization. Whether your goal is to develop or clarify your vision, strengthen your strategic plan, optimize processes and standards, ensure effective project and program management, or to ensure change is understood and adopted, we will help you transform and grow through our people-centric, solutions-based consulting. Connect with us at connect at thecomofactor.com to discover how our consultants can partner with you to solve your most pressing business challenges.